Welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. I am super excited for this podcast today. I have um, a freelance private chef, Alana Brooks, with me. Now, hey, Alana. Hi. First of all. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming in. Um, sometimes uh, fate deals you a good hand, and we moved to Idlewild, uh, and we met Alana. Alana was, had also recently moved to Idlewild. Um, we both obviously work in LA. Our businesses are based out of LA, uh, but we met up here, and we struck a chord. Um, Alana has been preparing food for me and we've been sharing some meals together and talking everything food and nutrition and it's been super interesting alana is very very passionate about this subject as am i and i'm learning a lot from her and i really wanted to get her on the podcast today to share with you her insight her knowledge and her awareness about food about nutrition about health um, because obviously she comes up with these issues on a daily basis and has to communicate with people why certain things are important and you know how it can be done and how it should be done. So Alana, again, thanks for coming in. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, let's start uh, with your background. Like, How did you get into this? How did you become a, a freelance private chef? And then what does that job entail and how the fuck do you do it? And how do you get it done on a daily, weekly and yearly basis? Um, well, the, the journey wasn't linear at all. Um, when I was 15, my mom took me for the summer to study cooking with her in Italy. Mm. So I was outside of Siena uh, learning how to pick food out of a garden, how to break down whole animals and cook food fresh, literally from the farm to the table. Um, so it definitely reared my cooking and my palate in a very specific way. I also was gifted with parents who availed travel at a very young age. So when I was super little, we'd be in Singapore and I'd be eating Peking duck from the duck. And so I got to experience culture through food. So I've always loved food. Um, and then I studied theater for a really long time and thought I was going to be an actress, went to NYU for theater and realized that I spent most of my time off of school going to small boutique shops getting specialty cheeses and mm. fresh made pasta and uh, cooking for all my friends and realized that that was really my passion. Um, I lived in San Diego for a while studying with my yoga teacher because wellness and food are integrated for sure. me. Yeah. And I met these amazing farmers uh, called Chino Farms and they grow the most beautiful produce in the world. Alice Waters, who started... Um, Chez Panisse. She's one of the reasons we have edible schoolyards. Um, she she brought the idea that we should teach children how to grow food into schools. She gleans a lot of her produce from this farm, and it's flown up to her restaurant in Berkeley. Uh, so I was able to get food from this farm, learn about small farming, um, and just really got integrated into the farming community and saw that there was such a difference in the vitality of the food and how I felt eating it. Um, I moved to Los Angeles after San Diego and needed a place to stay. And so I moved in with my brother right away. And the condition of living there, I had to cook for him. <laughs> right. So I was cooking and leaving him food and I was looking for a job. And one of his friends came by and said, where'd you get this food? And he said, my, my sister's a chef. So he had me start cooking for his friend. And then his friend had me start cooking for his friends. And then it just sort of spiraled out. And I was doing a lot of CrossFit people. So right. I was doing a lot of food, mass food, going to the farmer's markets, getting like an abundance of food. And then I just happened to land like a big client, a uh, high net worth individual and sort of rolled out from there. I think you know this in Los Angeles, once you get one person to trust you sure. and, and believe in what you're doing, then they tell all their friends. And so that's what I've been doing ever since. It evolves. You know, I've been helping people with weight loss, weight gain, muscle gain, muscle loss, um, fancy dinner parties, sort of the gamut. But my favorite is helping people feel good. Sure. I mean, that's one of the key things you said, like you noticed how food makes you feel. Yeah. And I think once people start eating real food, they really notice the difference. Um, when people eat 
junk food. They may enjoy it in the in that moment, but they will feel like shit not that long after. Yeah. Um, and when people eat real food and they're getting those the the real, you know, all the vitamins and minerals that come from that real food, they they feel a sense of uh, nourishment and uh, uh, awareness and energy that they didn't that you don't get from from fake foods. Um, God, there's so much to, to unfold here. So, first of all, let's start with. Um, when you get a client and you're, you know, and we should say that, you know, Alana has a lot of like celebrity clients or high-end clients in, in Los Angeles who are, you know, in, in the wealthier bracket and they can afford, you know, to pay the kind of fees that you, you obviously demand because, you know, you're one of the best at what you do. Um, do you then, do you get everything from Chino Farms or, or farms, do everything comes from the farm before you you prepare it and so forth or do you do a certain amount of like what you would call supermarket shopping or does everything literally vegetables meat everything comes from the farm well i mean it really depends on the last minute you know how people want things instantaneously right. sometimes so some days i have to shop at larger markets because it's a last minute thing right. um i try to get most of my produce from chino farms and if not um I know the different farms in the farmer's markets that are also in the grocery stores. So I can go to Air One, I can go to Whole Foods and be like, oh, Kettner Farms. I know them because I know those people. And so I can get that product and I feel good about it. Yeah. Um, I try to vet out all products that I'm going to buy even at the grocery store. So if I'm like looking at the different rice brands, I want Lotus Foods over Lundberg because I've, you know, delved into what they do and how they grow their food. Right. Um, what do you what What have you really not what? Just so people are aware and they're listening, what is the difference between buying from the farm and buying from the supermarket? What What are you as a shopper and as a you know as as the the chef? What are you thinking about when you're looking for sources of food? What are you looking for in a farm? Um, how do they rear their soil? You know, are they um, doing regenerative things? Are they doing single crop farming? Single right. crop farming group drives me crazy, even at the farmer's market. When you see a farm that only does strawberries, you're destroying the soil. Right. And so there's a very popular strawberry brand that people love, and it's $26 a pint for these strawberries, and people keep buying them. And they're destroying Oxnard. Right. So, you know, I try to educate people. Yes. Like, we need cover crops. It's very important. Right. Uh, so I think about those things. Um, I think about... You know, we all vote with our dollars, right? So who are the farmers? You know, who are the people you're supporting? Um, if you're going to a major grocery store, do you know the person who owns the grocery store? Right. You know, so it, it's all about from everything from, like, how does something taste? How does something look to, you know, how am I spending my money? And what are these people really doing with the soil? You know, is this sustainable? Is this going to last forever or are you just going for flavor? Yeah. I think a lot of people are confused or just unaware. I don't like to use the word ignorant, but really it is ignorance. Um, but almost I feel like people have been like falsely marketed to. So when they go to the supermarket, they go to Whole Foods, they look for the organic and they think I'm, doing, I'm being a wonderful person by buying this like organic produce. But what can you tell people about? Because we've talked about this before, but what can you tell people about some someone like Whole Foods or these big, kind of bigger supermarket chains that are marketing and selling organic? But where is that food coming from? Well, sometimes it's coming from China. Sometimes it's coming from Mexico. And we think about like, so what are the actual regulations? What does the water look like that they're using? What does the soil look like that they're using? Just because it's organic seeds and in organic soil, there's more to it than A just the it, soil, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, you think about if you go to, have you been to China? No. You can't, you can't drink the water, right? In a lot of places there. So if I can't drink the water, but you're growing my food in the water, what is that doing to my body? And also it's being flown across the ocean, right? And being taken away from the people who could be eating it. Right. So. Right. And a lot of people just don't know that about like places like Whole Foods and all yeah. these, these, these big, like what you would consider to be healthy supermarket chains. They are importing food from China and from, from other places where, you know, you think you're buying local and you think you're buying organic and everything like is, is 
you know, the marketing surrounding it is looks very like farmy. Oh yeah. <laughs> but Bezos isn't doesn't care like what he's no. putting in your body. Like no. he cares about selling and he's marketed to you in a certain way. And um, I think everybody just needs to, to, to wake up to this and wake up to what's really happening and what you're really buying and where you're really buying it from and who you are funding when you buy it. Um, and, you know, I think we all are victims of convenience in, in today's society and we, we often take the easiest option. But we talked about this before. It's actually easier to, to find a local farm who will deliver that food for you and get it like on your doorstep as opposed to like going to the supermarket and so forth it just takes a little bit of research a little bit of work online and you can get like way better way better produce that's way better for the environment um, directly to you that you can feed yourself and your family um, in a much healthier way than, than, than going to the supermarket but we we all fall victim to that trap what's the ritual right what does your day look like how do you plan out your day oh, okay i'm gonna go to you know go to the gym go to work all right on my way home i'm gonna stop at the store if you just shift your rituals a little bit shift your habits like oh okay i'm gonna get this delivered all right i don't know how to use all this produce cool i'm gonna figure it out this week i got you know a cardoon i don't know how to use a cardoon i'm gonna find a new recipe you know right. um I just think that a lot of people, we become habitual in how we eat, what we do, instead of trying to expand our minds, expand our palates. We are so blessed to live in Southern California. There's an abundance and bounty of farms and diversity of produce. It's not like we're getting, we're not in Iowa with just like potato, right. not, not that that's just what's going right. on in Iowa right now, but like potatoes and kale and things like that because it's cold. We have so much diversity here. It yeah. is a little easy. You know? it, it's just absurd to me that we are in that. We are in an abundance of, of food here, and yet we are eating food that is being shipped in from foreign countries. It's an absurd situation. Yeah, or like um, Mary's. I, I, I commend them for doing what they do. However, they have like probably thousands of farms, right? And people are like, oh, it's organic. It's free range. It's natural. Have you been to a Mary's farm? Do you know what it looks like? Right. I've been to the farms that I get my meat from. I go there. I know my farmers. I'm friends with them. Yeah. I know how they feed their animals. Even I was talking to my friend Devin the other day. He has Valley Farmstead, the one in Acme, Washington. Yes. And he was talking about like even from the feed, because he grows his own feed and ferments it on his farm mm. and then feeds it to his animals. And he's saying that you can buy organic feed from like a large organic feed company and there's cement in this feed. Oh, shit. Yeah. So what are your, not just what are you eating, what are your animals eating? Right. And then, you know, we can go into like the vegan debate because they think I was vegan for a long time. Uh, my pendulum swings a lot when it comes to food. However, growing vegetables causes harm to animals you talk to any vegetable farmer they kill lots of animals right because you know what eats vegetables animals right so they're shooting gophers they're shooting deer it's not like nature it's, not it, yeah. it, it, it's all yes. very integrated so yeah. you know people think oh well i'll eat a beyond burger whoa <laughs> it's so much oil you know it's it's just so much chemicals why right just eat some lentils then you know yeah. i i again it's it's convenience right it's convenience it's people are, people are reaching out for that that easier option and under the illusion that it's better for the environment but that is just simply not the truth no um what when it comes to meat and, and you and me are, i think we're on the same same page about meat quality meat what do you, what do you say to people when you say when they say like you know meat is bad for the environment and meat causes heart disease and meat causes cancer and all this kind of stuff like if you have a client and you, you know you have a lot of like hollywood clients and a lot of them are in that kind of mindset like how do you get around that that subject some clients i just let them i, I cook what they want you know right. like if i have a vegan client and they want vegan food fine um but a lot of people come to me and they'll have an illness something going on and they'll be a specific diet usually vegan and their doctors will specifically tell them, and if you do any research on the issue that they're having, they need bone broth, right? They need right. something. Um, I've been studying yoga for a really long time, and ahimsa is one of the first, like, principles, which means nonviolence towards yourself and others. Um, it is violent. 
to not nurture yourself and nourish yourself. Uh, and so I think that there's this misconception that uh, all farming is bad, mm. you know, all meat farming is bad. No, I mean, industrialized farming to anything isn't useful. Right. You know, single crop farming of cabbage is terrible to the exactly. land and terrible yeah. to the environment. Yeah. No, I don't want meat that's thrown, you know, raised, you know, when you drive up the five. No, thank you. I don't want that, you know. Um, I want the meat that I know is eating beautifully fermented alfalfa in Acme, Washington, you know. Right. Like, so. Right. Do you... Um, I don't know if that answered you. <laughs> no, it did. It did. Okay. It did. It did. And, you know, I think me and you grew up in a similar situation where, you know, you used to have like a butcher's and a grocer's and, you know, everything was kind of small local shopping kind of thing. And then, you know, supermarkets gradually and gradually took over. And we're now in a situation where we, it's gone a stage further and now it's not just supermarkets, it's now Amazon and it's online stuff and it's just, it's even easier to like just get everything from like these single source kind of places. And we've gotten lazier and lazier with it and things are getting worse and worse and you know, it's it's at a point now where it's it's kind of ludicrous that everything is being bought from like three companies basically. <laughs> um, but I'm noticing... And again, we talked about this a little bit before, but I think there is a growing return or growing willingness to return to small shopping and, and being more aware of like where you're buying your stuff from and wanting to return to that local kind of like shopping situation again. And, and I, I hope it happens. And I think in either world, we have the maybe the potential to do it more and maybe the the willingness to do it to do it more in these kind of like out of a city kind of environments. If people are in in cities and we talked about this in la there doesn't seem to be very many butchers in la at, at all anymore no. it's all you basically you have to go to the supermarket so again would your advice to those people be to try and go online find local farms and get that stuff delivered if they live in cities yeah and they I, can't go to even in Idlewild, like you go to the grocery store here you're not getting local stuff right you know i know there's some farms in garner valley and i've never seen it at the grocery store right um, so I think, yeah, fine. Talk to people, see what's actually true, you know, vet things out. I mean, it, you're putting it in your body. We're so disassociated from what we put in our bodies. Right. And it's, it seems to be pervasive in life, not just like when, once you start not caring what you're putting in your body, you're not caring how you're taking care of your body or, you're just focusing on one aspect like we were talking about with like bodybuilders. It's like, oh, I can work out and be super fit and like look at how great I look. But I'm sit standing there eating canned tuna. You, you've you seen it. You yeah, know, like it's sure. just like, yeah. uh, I, yes, it's going to build the muscle. But what is it doing to your insides? Yes, for exactly. For me, your gut, you know, they talk about this. It's your first brain, right? And if right. your gut isn't well, your mind isn't well, your yeah. body's not well, your sleep isn't well. And we're, we want sustainability, not just in our agriculture, but for ourselves, right? I agree. I think people often are not making the correlation between how they are feeling and what they're eating. And people are all too ready to like turn to drugs for the solution to their problems and their ailments, as opposed to taking more preventative measures. It's like, I would feel a lot better in general, and I would get less sick, and I would feel less exhausted, and I would feel less tired if I ate real food, if I ate more consistently if i drank more water if i you know if i took my vitamins and minerals or whatever i need to take um and we're in a culture where it's just easier to get a prescription it's like i've got this problem i'll fix it with a drug mm -hmm. rather than thinking i'm getting consistent issues with this that and the other if i just ate better and it's just more aware of that side of things and i'd feel you know a lot better generally and i think the last for me like the last couple of years has really highlighted this with the with the pandemic and so forth it's like you know whether you're whether you're you're, you're pro vaccine or anti vaccine. I, I don't care about any of that stuff. All I all I want people to do is to take better care of themselves with with nutrition and and fitness and health and that kind of stuff. Because you know there, there will always be more uh, more viruses. There will always be more illnesses. It's always going to happen. There will always be more mental illnesses. You know, and if we don't if we don't take care of these fundamental basic things like what we eat, how we exercise. And how and our lifestyle, how we spend our time. If we don't take care of those things, we are always going to have problems. Oh yeah, 
no matter no matter what happens. So I hope people like are going out of this thing and back into the world with a greater sense of like, I need to take care of myself and my family in this way by providing for them stuff that's actually good for them. Well, and even like you, what I was saying, like, we have to be careful what our animals eat, but also I don't, I haven't had an antibiotic in, I don't know, 15 years. So I think about if I ate a cow that, you know, if I went to a steakhouse and had a steak, that cow has had antibiotics, right? So I'm eating that. I'm consuming that. Right. That's going to my body. I'm going to have to counter that. Yeah. These are things that like, I don't, I know people don't think about it and people are like, oh, Ilana, you're a little neurotic. Yes, absolutely. Neurotic about those things. I don't yeah. want to put antibiotics in my body. Right. I don't need them. Right. But these cows do because they're smushed together and getting sick. So yes, I think that, that there should be, well, should. I invite people to, you know, have a more um, mindful approach to how they get their food. It's so easy. It really is. What do you say to people when they're like, oh, that's, that's, that's okay for you. But what about like affordability? How do, how do I do this on a budget? Like I've got four kids. Like how the fuck am I meant to like feed them properly? Well, you know, I don't have like proper TV, but you know, you'll be at a bar and there'll be commercials for uh, like KFC or something. And they're talking about like, oh, a bucket of chicken and something twenty four ninety nine, right? I could take you to the grocery store right now. We could get a chicken and some biscuits and some potatoes and broccoli and spend 20 bucks. Right. And then you have a meal for probably three days. Yeah. Because not only do you have the chicken, you have the carcass, you can make a soup. It's just about like looking at it differently, you know, instead of like we waste so much stuff. But like if you have a whole animal, you can utilize it for a couple of days. Yeah. One of the, you know, I like that show Alone. Have you seen Alone? Mm -mm. Okay. Brandon's here. He's seen alone. He knows what I'm talking about. Uh, so alone is, um, they take 10 contestants. They put them in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, like some of the worst, like most isolated places on the planet. And they have to survive for as long as possible. They're allowed to take 10 items. Um, so it might be like a knife or um, a fishing line or something like 10 items that they, they think they're going to need to survive. They have to build their own homes. Obviously, they have to build fires and they have to hunt for everything that they eat. And they can like forage for mushrooms or whatever. The, the show is a great teaching tool because it teaches people like, what do you need to survive in the, in the real world, in, in nature? Like when we don't have all these conveniences around us, how do I actually survive? Um, but one of the, one of the great, one of the great things about the, the show, um, as, as, as time goes on, people understand the value of like, you, you need two things. You need fats and proteins. Those are the fundamental things that you need to survive. There are certain carbs they can get um, that will be almost like a luxury, uh, and at certain times of the year they can they can do that. But obviously, once the winter comes and everything's frozen, that stops being a possibility. So the only way they can get any sustenance is from fish and, and any, any animals that they can find. Um, but it's it, it's a great like teaching tool in 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 that essence is like what does the human body need to survive um long term and when you don't have anything convenient to reach for um or any kind of sugar to like pep you up like you have to you know you have to go back to the the fundamental needs of a human being and how do i how do i get those foods how do i um how do i cook with those foods and how do i use every single part of that animal like what? What can I do with this part of the animal? What can I do with that part? And some of these people that are on the show are phenomenal at finding ways to use every single part of the animal. Like, you know, and I'm no expert by any means at this at this world. And I I, I didn't even know how to butcher an animal. And you you do know how to butcher an animal. You can butcher oh, yeah. yeah, I can show you. So yeah, yeah. So you're gonna have to teach me. But um, you're you're right. We have become very wasteful as a culture of like I'm only going to use this part of the animal, and the rest is going to be thrown out because we've just lost over time. We've just lost that that skill, that awareness. You know, we're just so used to just eating the the, the chicken breast or just eating the the fillet of the the, the cow, and you know all, all the like the, the the classic cuts and the, the the stuff that we see in restaurants and we see like advertised in supermarkets because the other stuff became less desirable and less popular, like livers and kidneys and heart, all that other stuff. All the good like, stuff. All the good stuff. All the <laughs> stuff that really gives us so many, you know, so many vitamins and so, so much so much sustenance 
so much energy um, and we just got so lazy with it. I mean, I grew up like eating a lot of like liver and liver and onions classically yeah. with my, from my mom. Um, but, you know, you don't you hardly see that anywhere in, in American culture. No. Um, and yeah, it just it just became, you know, you only cook what you see people eating on television or what's marketed or all that kind of stuff. So I think we do need to to return to. Like when we have an animal, how do we use, how do we pay more respect to that animal and how do we use every part of it? And respect to the farmer who and took all that time. Farmer. You know, like I, I think about the people, the farm that I get food from in Washington, it's the farmer, his wife and his four children. And I think about the little girls like going and feeding the chickens or getting the eggs in the morning and, and how, that's their day-to-day life and that's it's important to them so it should be important to me to utilize everything that they're doing for me yeah and you know some of the most delicious parts of the animal are the parts that you think are like the throwaway parts you know right so right. It, and it's fun you know like it you think fun. about oh i'm gonna butcher the animal and then i have all this fat what should i do with the fat render it like cook it down and then use it f- to cook your eggs or whatever or your potatoes all the things that you want to cook I'm using the whole animal and I'm, I'm like keeping yeah. it and it's giving me more, more energy. I'm not getting butter or oil from where, where is this coming from? Right. Yeah. We talked about oil briefly before, but briefly explain to everyone, like why should people not be cooking in sunflower oil? <laughs> well, it's carcinogenic, you know, safflower oil, sunflower oil, canola oil, peanut oil. Everything, it's... everything she just said, by the way, you need to look at the back of the label of anything you buy and see if those oil products are in there because they put this shit in fucking everything. Everything these all days. The, all the like protein bars are it's, oil, yes, oil, oil, it's oil. It's so hard to avoid. It's uh, in, okay. So my biggest thing lately is okay. Uh, I I don't I can't drink dairy. It really does disrupt my system. I like soy milk. Right. Soybeans, water, salt, blended. Love it. Um, oat milk. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's so much oil and. And my, you know, some people that I know that are very educated on the subject of food and wellness are like, oh, I'm using oat milk from this major oat company. And oh, my gosh, it's so much oil. It's just it's like oil, water, oats, oil, oil. Why would you have canola? If I passed you three tablespoons of canola oil and was like, put this in your coffee, would you like to drink that? No, you would not. Maybe some butter, but you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's just this dissidence, like, oh, this is healthy because it's not, it's not dairy, cow. Yeah. right? But if it's grass fed, you know, happy cows somewhere, yeah. then that if, would if be happier milk. to your body right. than drinking canola oil, drinking and canola sugar. Oil. Yeah, and sugar. So we are in a ridiculous situation where you can't buy raw milk in California or it's very, very hard to buy raw milk, even though it's very, very good for you and completely natural. But you can buy this canola oil sugar concoction in oat milk very, very easily, pretty cheaply, and you're going to be under the illusion that it's good for you. And it's this bizarre situation that is... All of the the fake milks, like... People don't turn around the box and look at the back. If I'm buying, you know, a milk alternative like coconut milk, if it's not coconuts and water and salt, I don't want it. If there's emulsifiers in it, I don't need it. It's unnecessary. Also, people just don't want to make their own stuff. Right. Like you can really just take oats and water and blend it. That's it. And you make some milk. You know, it's not going to make the creamy thing that the creamy thing is the oil. The oil. It's the oil, ladies and gentlemen. You're, you know, you're drinking oil. And, and people are like, Oh, you know, they have their Starbucks 24 ounce. Not, there's nothing wrong with Starbucks. I don't drink it, but like, there's nothing wrong with it. But they drink these large cups of things and they're like, why did I gain 10 pounds this year? Yes. <laughs> uh, you're drinking sugar oil. Sugar and oil. <laughs> you're drinking oil that your body cannot process right. and it's toxic and it's. I have to say, it's also a byproduct of something that they couldn't sell before that they put in right. to make an additional thing on top. So you're usually taking the worst product. They're putting in to make something else more money off of something they can't use. So you're getting a worse quality thing. And really it's, pack, it's packaged like, you know, you'll, you'll look at a, a box of oat milk and it'll be like very farmy. And it'll yeah. look like, oh, I'm drinking some healthy. And it's like, 
It's the biggest lie. Oh my gosh. It's the biggest Marketing's lie. amazing. It's so good. But it's so funny. I don't know. I just think that once you start to just buy things directly from farms, you're going to stop looking at the label, right? The right. label is is the eye catcher. It's the the McDonald's, the yellow and red. We know that's flashy. People will come like, boo, boo. That gets me to want to eat something. Um, there are companies that spend billions of dollars, right, on trying to figure out how to sell you a product because if I make it a certain thing and make it look a certain way, then you'll buy it. And it's not about – nobody cares about your health when it comes to that kind of stuff, when it's a mass-produced product. Right. And and that's the hardest part. You know, like um, the protein that I order usually is from Hammer Nutrition. And whenever I talk to them on the phone, because I call them usually because I'm lazy about the online thing, uh, I'm like, why don't I see your products in more places? Why aren't you busier? You know, like I think your product's really clean. It feels good to me. I feel nourished by it. I feel satiated by it. I don't feel gassy. A lot of protein powders make right. me feel a little gassy. And they're like, oh, we just like word of mouth. That's just how we do things. And I love that. That's great. I love that. Yeah. They don't feel the need. They're in Whitefish, Montana. What's, it, what's it called? Hammer Nutrition. Oh, Hammer Nutrition. Okay. I love them. I mean, they seem to be doing things correctly. I don't know. I haven't vetted them out completely. However, my personal experience with them, like in my body, I feel good taking their products. Hmm. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. I don't really know this stuff very well. They're just, like, a, they're, they have a lot of products for long distance running and long distance biking. Right. You know, they're more of endurance. I find it, I find word. it kind of fascinating. The whole marketing thing is like, it's so easy to market to a demographic once you know what they like. So you can find like, you know, the, the kind of like vegan or like people who are, what's the right, right phrasing here? People who, you know, People in LA who, you know, they, they, they desperately want to be doing the right thing. They, they, they have that kind of sense of virtue of like, I want I want to be good to myself and I want to be good to the environment and this is my kind of worldview. Once once the marketing companies know what that worldview is, it's, it's very easy to market to and very easy to like create the illusion of um, health that they think is going to appeal to this demographic. And it's, you know, once they once they... Once they acknowledge it and once they refine it, it's like, oh, this is all day long going to sell. Oh, and people yeah. will just lap it up, lap it up, lap it up because they just don't have that awareness of like, okay, but what's really happening here? What's really on the label? What is this thing that I don't quite understand? This word that I don't understand here, what is that? Do you um, remember those boxes? I mean, I don't remember the name of the company and I don't like to disparage anyone's names anyways, but the box that was delivered where like things were cut up for you and all you had to do is like put the meal together and it's like a dinner and it's as if you cooked dinner, but it's already cut up for you. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Fresh. Something. Fresh so, yeah, one of those things. So I remember I was at a friend's house and she was like, oh, I want to make you dinner. I said, great, wonderful, thank you, awesome. And she pulls out this box and it's these plastic bags. Oh, it's, no, shit. it's fine. It, it, but it was like these plastic bags filled with like cut up things that look like they were cut up a month ago. And if you, you know, I think Emily and I are on the same page about this. Like if it's three days, it's going in the trash. Like right. you shouldn't have food for longer than three days. It grows mold. There's no nutrients in it. So I'm thinking about all these people that are like, I'm getting fresh food delivered to my house. I don't want to make this beautiful meal. How old is that food? And it's sitting in a plastic bag. Right. And a machine's probably cutting out. Or are they paying the people appropriately that are cutting up those right. vegetables? There's all these, there's like a line, you know, that for me, it's like if, you, if you're not thinking about the whole picture, right, like who's... Who's making your food? Like I've worked at some three-star Michelin restaurants that were so tenuous and exhausting and scary. Yes, the food was beautiful, but I felt like it was toxic because we were being screamed at all day long, mm -hmm. right? That's not nourishing to me. That's just art, right? right? Um, I don't love going out to eat because, A, the oils that you're getting at restaurants, nobody's using 100% organic right. extra virgin olive oil. It's too expensive. That's the only thing I'll use, that or ghee. You know, I I don't want to use things that I don't understand. Yeah. Like this avocado oil trend oh, drives me absolutely crazy. And all these people online are like, oh, avocado, like Dr. Mark Hyman. Sorry, Dr. Hyman. Like you like boast avocado oil. Why? 
why? Where does it come from? Take an avocado and make some oil for me. Right. We could go pick some olives and make some olive oil right now. So I just, the simpler, the better. If you can do it, then your body can process it. Right. And so what are they doing with avocado oil? What, uh, well, I think it's, I think they take the seeds and press it. But why would you ruin an avocado, right? right? Plus, there's wars going on in Mexico over avocados. Right. So people are dying over your avocado oil. Right. But look how fancy and beautiful it is. Right. Do you remember truffle oil was like a big thing for a while, even though it's not a real thing? It was just a a compound made in a laboratory. And so they were selling it for all this money. Yes, you can get oil with shaved truffles in it, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the oil. And so La Tourangelle used to sell this truffle oil and they took it off. Because they were like, this isn't a real product and we only want to sell real products. I just think that when it's overcomplicated, our bodies might find it overcomplicated. Right. Right? For sure. The simpler the better. That's why like, if you have a side of a cow and you break it down and you have all this fat and you render the fat, then you have that to cook your whatever in. I said this to a client the other day. It's like, you know, he'll send me pictures of food and, and ask me like, is this okay? And I'm, I'll say to him, well, what's that sauce? And he's like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, well, the, 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 if you want to get leaner and leaner and leaner, make the food simpler and simpler and simpler. Like that, that's the best I can tell you. Like stop, don't try and fancify things. Don't try and look for the exotic option. Look for like, I know exactly what this is and I know exactly where it's coming from. Make it as simple as you possibly can. And it's going to be the easiest for your body to process. As soon as you start throwing in stuff that you don't really understand, there's a good chance. A, there's going to be oils. There's going to be um, there's going to be chemicals in that you just your body can't process and you don't know what they are. Um, and it's going to be very hard for you to quantify, you know, what where the results that you want to get are coming from and where the where the hurdles and where the obstacles are because you just don't know what is in it. Because well, now is. we're leaning into the inflammation factor right. of all those foods, right? Like, and and then your body is inflamed. You can't lose weight. You can't build muscle. You're exhausted. You can't sleep well. Right. Inflammation ruins everything. Yeah. And so all those oils, all the bad foods. Yeah. I, I mean, also when you go out to eat at a restaurant, I can attest this. When I worked at like fancy, fancy restaurants, you're eating three day old food. You're right. eating the oldest food in their walk-in. Yeah. When you're at home and cooking for yourself and eating your simple steak and potatoes and broccoli, that's fresh. Right. And so your body can retain the nutrients so much easier. Food grows mold. Our body doesn't want to eat mold, right? And so mold causes all sorts of problems. And so people eat out on the regular like, oh, this is just a thing. This is just what I do. It's just easier. It's cheaper. It's not cheaper. Yeah. Also, in the long run, it's going to take its toll. It's going to take its toll on you and you're not going to sleep. You're not going to get the, you know. Well, it's it's so interesting you say that because, you know, one of the things we said when the Limitless Challenge started was when I first came to America, like what I noticed was people just eat out all the time. No one cooks anymore. Um, and you know, you could make the argument like, yeah, it's okay once in a while to eat in a restaurant and you know, you, you might not get the, the best of everything, but your body's going to be okay. But then imagine that's all you are ever doing. All you are ever doing is eating three day old food. All you're ever doing is putting mold in your body. All you are ever doing is putting these oils that you don't understand in your body. All you're ever doing is creating inflammation. Like the daily, weekly, yearly accumulation of that inflammation. And we know that most diseases are caused by inflammation of one thing or another. Also, most like whether I've got knee problems or, you know, back problems, like a lot of that is inflammation. If all we are ever doing is putting things in our body that create inflammation, like what the fuck do we expect is going to happen? Like there's a certain amount the body will tolerate, but there's going to be a point where the body won't tolerate it anymore and it's going to get sick. Well, in one then, way or another. And then the, back to the like the vegan argument of like, well, you know, if I eat at, this vegan restaurant every day. I'm, I'm doing better than like making a steak at home. The amount of waste and plastic that goes into restaurants is unbelievable. The amount of like stuff that's sitting in plastic, plastic leaches oil into food. So you're, you're also eating that. Yeah. So you're getting these gases from the plastic into your food. I mean, there's multitudes. So if you're at home and you have your jars and you're putting your food in there, I, I mean, I'm not adverse to prepping food. I'm just adverse to prepping food for longer than two or three days. Right, right. Um, yeah. because, so, I mean, what we're, we're not saying that like, never eat in a restaurant ever no, again. Absolutely. But it's just like, 
just as you're being more aware about where you're getting your food from, start to think more about where your restaurant is getting its food from and what their practices are. Also, there's like, a lot of conjecture. Like you were saying, like the like the label thing. So the farm I go to in San Diego, it's like a pretty, you know, well-known farm and popular. They're small. And I'll see the name of their farm at restaurants. Like, oh, I got this white asparagus from Chino Farms. Chino Farms doesn't grow white asparagus, right? right. So... Uh, you know, there, there's a lot. When you say conjecture, you mean lying. Yes, a lot <laughs> of a lot, a lot of lying in in the food world. Right. Um. So seeing like who the chef, like this chef I worked for in Napa, Jeremy Fox, he runs a restaurant, Birdie G's in uh, Santa Monica, and he redid Rustic Canyon in Santa Monica as well. And he, we had a 250 acre organic biodynamic farm that we got all of our produce from in Napa. He cares about farms. You right. know he cares about farms. So I know if I go to one of his restaurants, I'm going to be eating farm fresh food. Delicious. Wonderful. Awesome. I still want to eat at home 99% of the time. Right. Um, like you said, it's like not don't go to restaurants. Like go out to eat. Just don't have that be the predominant way that you get Sustain your, your body. Su- yeah, sustainability. Yeah. Like food shouldn't be... It should be a, um, a ritual, you know, like we eat in our cars, we eat standing up. I'm totally guilty of this. Yeah. I, like I'm on the go all the time. Right. But when you can sit down and shoot, our first point of digestion is our teeth, right? So if mm. we can sit and slowly enjoy our food and and also appreciate that somebody grew this, you know, without, whether you pray, whether you have appreciation, gratitude, right. you know, the more positivity that now I'm like getting woo woo, but like the more positivity that you put into the food, because that's how I that's how I cook. Like I cook with like positive energy. Right. Um, I think the better that you feel, the For more sure. nourished you are. Well, it, again, and that that's a whole thing of like that used to be the family ritual of sitting down for dinner, and you would you know you would say grace maybe if you were yeah. so inclined, but you would. You would certainly like sit down and appreciate food more, whereas now we have gone into the habit of like people just grabbing and going, and families not eating together, and like pe- you know people watching TV while they eat, while other people are like, doing stuff, and it's like we've lost that that ceremony of food. Yeah, it is I mean, a ceremony. You go back to you know we, when we were hunter gatherers, and you know I've read a lot about this kind of stuff, and like the ritual of like the families at home, hunter goes out you know, forages, kills whatever they can, comes back in the evening, eats one big meal with the family, which is like the family meal, which is the ritual of like, that's the kind of like celebration of food and the the, the gratitude of like what that animal has brought you in terms of sustenance. And now, of course, you know, with convenience and everything just so easy and people just like buying stuff here, buying stuff there and um, no one really eating together anymore. Like we definitely lost that 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 sense of, appreciation of the meal that's right in front of us and being in that moment of like let's be grateful for this this meal and you know everything this this animal has brought us or these you know vegetables have brought us whatever well and also i think that that's one of the reasons i i know for myself that i gain weight is um if is if i'm eating really quickly yeah and i don't realize how much i just ate yeah. that i just keep eating it's that idea that your stomach has to catch up to your brain 15 right. minutes later so if you're slowly eating you're you're conversing, you're enjoying yeah. each other's company. You're like, oh, no, I am full. Like, I don't need to finish that, right. you know? Right, um, But if you're just, if I'm sitting watching TV and, like, scarfing food down, I don't realize how much food I've eaten. Yeah, for then- sure. Where do you stand on um, toxicity in certain plants? Uh, and what I mean by that, if, if you guys are listening, there's an argument that plants develop a, a defense mechanism chemically to put animal to put uh, people off eating them because they're trying to defend themselves so animals to defend themselves develop jaws and claws and you know they can defend themselves physically plants can't do that so they develop toxins and chemicals to stop you from eating them uh where do you stand in that argument i mean the big one's kale like the argument is like we have to put so much stuff on kale to make it edible when we farm it that it's actually terrible for us and that there's a whole marketing the last 10 years there's been such a big marketing campaign around kale. There's people wearing fucking kale t-shirts and kale caps. Uh, and I'm like... <laughs> no, it's I, I just, it's true. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. are you guys aware of this 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 argument and this, this, this process of like what's being put on kale to make it, make 
it possible for you to eat it? Well, I, I mean, I, I think that just anything that's mass produced, mass marketed isn't a great idea. I don't think that eating kale in small amounts cooked in a proper way is is bad for you. I, I don't think eating raw kale every day or putting kale in my smoothie is a good idea because my body can't process it. Um, I just think that there's such a lack of education around, yes, plants do have, like, uh, have you ever broken down an artichoke? No. It's pretty spiky. Right. right. You know, it hurts your hands. Yeah. Or nettles. Nettles will sting your hands. So you want to, like, pick them up with tongs right. and then wash them and then cook them down. There's a defense mechanism, but it's good for you. Um, so I don't think that certain plants that have defense mechanisms are bad, but I do think that over consuming food that we can't really process easily is an issue like kale. Right. You know, this, this idea that, oh, it's, it's green. It has a lot of vitamin D and calcium, which it does. It, it, it's not bad for you. There are really good qualities to kale. It's just, you have to cook it properly. Right. Right. And it's not, it shouldn't be the predominant part of your meal. Right. right. Like it could be a little piece of your meal or a part of your pasta or whatever right. it is. Right. That you're making. But no one should be living off kale. No, <laughs> no. You know, we, we need vitamin C, we need fat, we need, you know, protein. We need certain things in our body. We're the only mammals that can't make our own vitamin C, right? right. So there's certain things that we need to consume. Uh, but I think that there's just too much of the pendulum swinging super far. Like people take it so far. Yeah. Well, also, also there's, you know, there's, there's a huge marketing thing around a superfood like, We've identified this new superfood and now we're going yeah. to market the fuck out of it. And if you're not taking this superfood, you're not living optimally. So you right. must go out and buy this superfood. And it's all just marketing. It's all just to sell. 100%. And people just fall for it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Have you been to Air One recently? Uh, I have not. No. So uh, a friend of mine has a pretty popular Instagram and he posted a picture of, you know, those bell jars that I bring you sometimes, the yeah. large ones, of cream spinach. Guess how much money it was? Oh God, I dredged like fifty bucks. Ding, fifty dollars for God. a a quart of cream spinach. And then he opened the freezer section, a block of ice. Tell me how much it was. A block of ice. Block of ice. Oh my God. Do you want to guess, Brandon? <laughs> oh, Twenty-five dollars for a block of ice. For a block of ice. Pete, there's coming some raw water now. Stop it. Out of San no raw water raw water not cooked it's raw water i just can't raw water i mean there there is a difference in waters definitely we could go into that for four hours right you know but no that i mean it's interesting the whole alkaline water thing how it like really has to be right out of the tap or it doesn't matter at all you don't want to drink alkaline water out of a plastic jug that's been sitting on a shelf for four years right doesn't make any sense but it's ten dollars so you should buy it right be good for you right yeah uh i mean it's it's I think people are trying, at least people are trying to get better and healthier, I think, to a certain degree. that Like, I'm happy that people are looking at things. I just wish that companies didn't had more transparency. I wish there was more, like, we're doing this, but that doesn't make money. Like, That's transparency yeah, that doesn't make money. And with all these, we're always up against that thing of, like, what makes the most money? And unfortunately, the reality is getting people sick makes money. Yeah pharmaceutical companies rely on people getting sick otherwise they don't they don't make money so it's like the incentive to say to people just eat basic real food and everyone will be way more healthy and way less sick does not make enough money for no. anybody so no nobody <laughs> but in, and i find it fascinating like the um the disconnect like i work for a lot of billionaires and um thank you for hiring me and for your business. <laughs> I'm very grateful. And um, sometimes people are like, oh, that's a lot of money for food. Right. With and your, they're billionaires. With your, with your 20 cars sitting outside and your 45 houses and your... It's a lot of money for food. I'm not going to shop at Costco for you. I'm just not going to do it. it right. It's, it's not an option for me. So... 
I mean, there is a certain point. I'm very grateful that I've gotten to a point in my career where I can say, no, this is where I spend my money. I'm voting with your dollar. Thank yeah. you for letting me spend money at small farms and support small farmers, people that I know, that I respect, that I care about. I mean, I worked for this um, family close to the farm that I go to in San Diego, and I got to go there every day and spend like $600 on produce. Yeah. It was amazing. I'd make fresh ice cream every day with all the berries. You know, like I just make all this beautiful food, yeah. and I got to support these people and support my clients and their family and give them like the highest quality experience. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to ask, if you're going to tell me that food cost is too much, then, then you definitely don't want what I'm offering. It's funny to me that people will, what people will spend their money on. So I always laugh about supplements. So of course, like there are certain supplements that are of benefit to you, but people are far more willing to spend money on the latest supplement mm -hmm. than they are on just buying real food. Yeah. Because they think the supplement is going to be the wonder thing that, that changes them completely. Especially because your stomach acid burns away so much of that supplement. Right. Like you're not retaining much of it or you're peeing it out. Or you're peeing it out. Right? Yeah. Like I think supplements are great. I give myself B12 shots and B complex shots in the arm all the time. Like I feel better by yeah. doing certain things. Um, but yeah, by taking copious amounts of supplements, your body, unless your gut health is really good. Yeah. You're not, not going to retain one. anything. Yeah. 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 It's always funny to me. Um, I want to just uh, go back just a little bit because something yeah. you mentioned earlier, you used to do a lot of uh, CrossFit athletes in terms of nutrition and you do less of that now and more of the kind of like... Um, yeah, it was know, like Hollywood the beginning sect. of my business. Yeah. yeah. When you were doing that, because a lot of listeners are either in the CrossFit world or in you know the Ferris world, which we do a lot of like power endurance type stuff. Um how, what did your what did your uh, macronutrients look like at that time, and what would you prescribe for, in a macronutrient sense for that kind of athlete? What kind of foods were you giving them? I was it was it was very uh, paleo, um, so I was doing. I mean, I don't know if I think that word is so funny because, like, in Paleolithic era, we didn't have like right, of course. <laughs> parsnips growing in, in all over the place, uh, but it was mostly like meat and non-starchy vegetables. And so I did a, just, a, I would go uh, and get a lot of meat and a lot of veggies and cook them in various different ways. I also think like you were saying, like simple is good. Simple is better. Absolutely. However, I don't think that you need to um, limit yourself, you For know, sure. because yeah. you I think, be boring. right. Cause I think that some people think, well, I just like, all right, steak, potato, you know, steak, yam, steak, whatever. Um, there's so many flavors and options mm -hmm. out there that you can, you can create such like beautiful variety. That's what I like to do for my clients. And that's what I was doing yeah. with those CrossFit people. I would do, you know, like Thai night, uh, you know, I just make sure that I wasn't using noodles. I'd use zoodles, right? I'd make my own zucchini noodles. Do not buy zoodles, ladies and gentlemen. You know, like get a little, the plastic thing online, it costs like $6. You just do that. You turn it like a pencil sharpener. Right. And two seconds later, you have zoodles. Um, this is the stuff where it's like, <laughs> just going back to like, how long has that been sitting on the shelf for and who did that? Right. Uh, so, sorry, rewind. Uh, so basically meat and veggies, you right. know, or fish and veggies. But did you run into the, the glycogen deficiency thing with the, with the CrossFitters? Like they need more to do that kind of sport, to do that kind of fitness. They needed more glycogen than the paleo diet would give them. Did you run into that issue much? I don't think I was dealing with like extreme athletes. They were not good enough to need that. Right. <laughs> right. I was dealing, I was working with people who. People that needed to be less, more healthy. Right. Less right. Like drunk. I want to be leaner, you know, yeah. and I, and I go to this CrossFit gym and I Got just it. happen to get like 20 CrossFit clients, you right, know? Right. So it was more, it wasn't, I wasn't, they weren't extreme Yeah. I mean, athletes. I find that for, for most people and I get, I think we get carried away sometimes with what is 100% optimal for the athlete as opposed to thinking, Okay, great. But what, what do most people need? And most people need to stop eating shit and start eating real food. And what the paleo, the, in, in quote marks, what the paleo diet did was just, just get people eating real food again. Just get back to the basics of like quality meats and quality vegetables. But and also like I would be at, there's a CrossFit gym in West Hollywood that I went to for like a month or two and, I would see the trainers there. They're fit athletes, like eating buckets of ribs. 
right. buckets. This is not food, you know, like covered in sauce. You know, it's yeah. it's like, oh, because it's... Because it's... It used to be because an it's paleo, so you know. Right. So therefore, this is going to help me. What I like to tell people is like, once you start eating real foods, your body's going to tell you like, oh, mm, I could use an apple right now, or right. you know what, I'm actually thirsty. I need a glass of water. Right. You know how much water have I had today? So I think once you start eating more water-rich foods, which is anything that hasn't sat on the shelf, right? Like even your meat. Has more water, right? Right. Than the the potato chips that you're eating, you know. So I think that there's like your body starts to intuitively teach you about those things. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay, so we've highlighted a lot of good stuff. I feel like people are never gonna drink oatmeal oat milk again. <laughs> never gonna go to a restaurant again. Um, <laughs> but let's say uh, people are listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, wh- where where do I start? Like, what's my what's my starting point from this point on? What do I I wake up tomorrow and I want to reframe my my family's nutrition i want to clear out my kitchen i want to start new what would be your advice well especially for people who are in southern california i'd find your local farmer's market and go and talk to your farmers and see what they have available see if you can order from them weekly see if that stuff can be shipped to your house if you don't have time to go to the farmer's market or you know the store um, and just get to know your local farms see what's in the area google organic uh, regenerative farming in Ventura or wherever you are uh, and see what that is and see if something can be shipped to you. And even if it's not in your area, if it's in your region, you right. know, like if right. I'm on the West Coast and I want really good meat, well, if it's in Oregon, that's okay, right? Like it's, yes. I just don't want stuff flown from Argentina, like the whole Belcampo thing where they were right. lying and saying that they were raising cattle in California sure. and it's in Argentina. So just vetting things out, going to the farmer's market um, and seeing what you can get as local as possible. Also, when you're at the farmer's market, be mindful. Ask them if they grow what they're selling. Because right. a lot of times they will go to the big Cisco area, get food and bring it to the farmer's market and sell it. So make sure that they're selling their food, mm. that the food that they grow. Mm. Very interesting. Uh, and I think... The, the the big thing about this really is, is having fun with food again. Yeah. I mean, making it more of a, I think a lot of people's default is to treat food like a hassle. Oh, I've got to go to the supermarket and yeah. I've got to do this and I've got to do that rather than thinking, oh my God, this is fun. Like I can find my local farmer. Or I can like see what they grow and I can think about what I'm going to, how I'm going to cook it. And I can do some research and really start to, you know, like I said, have fun with food again and use it as something not to, not to see as a hassle or to complain about, but as something like that you can put like a ritual around and, make it kind of like an event well also um, i think a lot of people look at food as a, like a punishment especially women like oh i have to eat right you know, like i have to do this thing and so yes. they're bringing bringing back the like the love for yourself the self-love by nourishing yourself yeah and also building community right like the more that you know the people that are growing your food the more appreciation you you won't waste it Right. You're like, oh, right. Joe grew this. Like I should probably right. eat all yeah. of it. Right. You're going to respect it more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alana, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. I, I love talking about this stuff. I love how passionate you are about it. Thank you. Um, I can't wait to like work with you more in, in the future and, um, learn more from you. Um, and eat more of your food. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. This course, is so much of fun. Course. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people learn from you? Um, uh, my Instagram is at Ilana D. Brooks, I think. I think so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right. Um, and you can find me on there. Um, I'm not great about posting, but I'll, I'm trying to get better about it. And um, I have a website, ilanabrooks.com. I'm not very active on there, but you can see a little bit about me on there, about my rearing and why I do what I do. And yeah, great. So if you have any questions, guys, you can obviously reach out to me or reach out to Faris or reach out to me on my Instagram as well. And I will um, I will endeavor to ask Alana and, uh, and get back to you on that. Um, we can all learn a lot from her. I think this is a fascinating topic. We can all do better at this kind of stuff. And with anything, like just the same as fitness, it doesn't have to be like perfect from this point on. All we're saying is, uh, saying is make some steps to do things a little bit better, to treat your bodies a little bit better, to treat the, the planet a little bit better, uh, to treat farmers a little bit better. And just one step at a time, baby steps, let's, let's try and get better at this stuff. 
Uh, okay, guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, of course, we are open. Uh, Ferris Athletic Club, 1316 Glendale Boulevard. Come see us anytime. Um, Ferris Mountain Lodge is also open up in Idlewild. We do semi-privates. We do uh, our bed and barbell uh, weekend retreats. So come see us. We'd love to have you. And, uh, yeah, reach out if you have any questions. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, Brendan. Thanks, Alana. Thank you. Okay, guys, see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.